0: Good morning, Harvest Christian Fellowship. It is great to see you across the screens. I wish I could see your faces, but hey, this is what we got for right now. And I hope that you heard Pastor Roy's announcement earlier this week. If you didn't, it's going to be shown at the end of the service today about how we are reopening Harvest. We are in exciting days, even though it's crazy and it's been a wild ride. Um, These days are actually really exciting, and I'm pumped for the expansion season that we're in. But right now, today, we are in part two of Better Decisions, Fewer Regrets. I really hope you enjoyed Ryan's message last week. He kicked things off. If you missed it, you can go listen to it. Not right now, but later today or later this week. Um, But thank you for joining us today for part two. So I'll just give you a quick little recap, but Ryan spoke last week, he introduced the series and he talked about how we're going to be going through questions each and every week of this series. So um, I'm going to talk about question number two and decision number two, and he talked about the first question, the integrity question, which was, I'm sure you can all tell me and you can all comment it, the question was, am I being honest with myself, really? that was the first question. The second question today I'm really excited to share with you is what story do you want to tell? And we're going to get into that in just a second, but I just want to give a shout out to our incredible leaders here at Harvest Christian Fellowship, to Pastor Roy and Chris. They always deserve a shout out because they're incredible. They've been so faithful. They've poured so much into this community and this family. So Pastor Roy and Chris, I just want to say love you. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Um, And we as a church are just so, so thankful for you. And now before we go any further, um, I really need to pray (laughs) because I don't want this to just be kind of a conversation, me on a couch, you on a couch, we're just chatting. I really want this to be Holy Spirit led and I want the Holy Spirit to speak to you. So if you would um, just close your eyes if you can um, and just focus in, let's just pray for this morning's message. Jesus, help us, (laughs) help us to be more like you, God. Help us to make better decisions and have fewer regrets. And God, I just pray that you bless this morning. I thank you for everyone gathered here right now in this moment, whether they're listening live or they're listening on a later date. God, you see each person and I pray that you'd meet them wherever they're at this morning. God, I just thank you so much for who you are. You are so good. You are so faithful to us, God. We just fix our eyes on you today. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. I'm excited for when we can hear that in the room. That will be a good day. Um, So stories, we're going to talk about stories today, which is why I'm sitting down because stories are fun to sit down and read together. And as you can see, I have a whole bunch of books here because I want to talk about some of my favorite stories. And I have the whole Chronicles of Narnia books here. If you've never read the series, it's a great series. It's just super imaginative. It's about these kids in this whole other world. And I was thinking about stories, like what is it about stories that's so interesting, so alluring, probably many of you are like, oh yeah, like I love stories. Like if you think of your favorite book, your favorite movie or whatever, you can think about the storyline. And when I was a kid, I watched Cinderella a bunch of times and I had a whole bunch of other movies that were my favorite and I was thinking, why did I want to watch the same movie over and over again? And it's probably because I knew what was going to happen and I knew that despite the hardship that the main character maybe had to go through, the decisions they had to make, the end result was amazing and it was really, really good. And it's funny, whenever... I watch movies and my mom is around. (laughs) If it's a movie she's never seen before, we kind of get to like the climax of the movie and she just sort of says under her breath, oh man, I really hope this has a good ending. (laughs) And I think anytime we watch a movie or read a book or hear a story, we really want to hear a good ending. And today, you know, we could talk about books and movies for a really long time and that would be fun, but (laughs) I want to talk about something that is way more important in a story that is way more important than anything you see here or you would see on TV. I wanna talk about your story. And I wanna talk about your life as a story. So that is where we are going today. But first, I'm gonna tell you a story. (laughs) I'm gonna tell you a story from the Bible. Many of you are gonna know this story, um, but just go with me. I'm gonna paraphrase a little bit and then we'll actually read it from the Bible. So once upon a time, there was a 17-year-old Hebrew boy, and he had 10 older brothers, and all of his 10 older brothers hated him, but his father absolutely loved him, and this boy's name was Joseph, and many of you know where this story is going already, but it's such a great story, so listen up, because it's totally worth listening to again. So Joseph is his father's favorite son amongst all his brothers, all his siblings. His father loves him the most. So there's this kind of weird and hard dynamic in the family where all the older brothers just despise him because the father loves him. So just picture this. There's a day when Joseph's father's like, hey, I just need you to go out into the fields where all your brothers are shepherding sheep. I want you to just make sure they're doing okay. So Joseph is on his way to see his brothers and all of his brothers see him coming from a distance and they start kind of talking to each other. Oh man, like we just hate this guy. And so they begin talking to one another and they say, hey, you know what? Like he is so annoying. He's talked about um, various dreams in the past and that we're going to like bow down to him and he's super arrogant. Anyway, they just talk to themselves and they hatch this plan to murder their brother. That's pretty extreme if you ask me, like not a very good family dynamic happening here. So they're talking and they're like, okay, we're going to do it today. As soon as he gets here, we're going to like grab hold of him and we are going to kill our brother. And then enters the scene, another character and his name is Reuben. Reuben is the oldest brother and he doesn't like this plan a whole lot. But the brothers are so hyped up on doing something to their younger brother, Joseph. So Reuben sort of sways them a little bit. He says, okay, let's not kill him, but let's throw him in a pit. <laughs> so Joseph comes and they throw him in a pit. And I'm sure Joseph is wondering what in the world is going on. And while all the brothers are waiting around or doing whatever, they're, maybe they're having lunch. I don't fully know what was happening, but um, merchants pass on the road and all the brothers go, hey, this could be an interesting idea. We don't have to commit murder. Let's sell our brother into slavery and get rid of him that way. <laughs> Again, what a, what a plan, what a story. So they do that. And they sell Joseph to these people passing on the street and he's down the road and gone. And Reuben comes back. I don't know where he was, <laughs> but he, he comes back to the pit and Joseph's gone. And he's like, what are we going to do? And we leave Reuben there. But we're going to follow with Joseph. So he lands himself in Egypt and eventually gets sold into slavery. And he ends up at this guy Potiphar's house, and he is there as a slave. And again, let's just think about the whole story so far. So Joseph is his father's favorite. He's got this good life happening for him. He gets sold into slavery, ends up in a foreign country, and now he's at someone's house about to do work for them. And man, if you can think about unjust circumstances and situations that just slap you in the face in life, Joseph experienced all of that. So Joseph is here at this guy's house and he's a slave. And if I was him, I would probably be pretty like down in the dumps. Like this is just a horrible situation. I don't even know what to do. But somewhere along the line, Joseph decided that he was going to make the best of what was happening to him. He was going to decide that he was going to just do his best, do his part, make the best of whatever is going on. So he ends up climbing the ranks and Potiphar puts him in charge of his entire household. Okay, so now the story is like looking up a little bit. He's got some authority, got some responsibility. But then another character comes into the story. Potiphar's wife. Now apparently Joseph was, you know, pretty good looking and so jo- and so Potiphar's wife wants to sleep with him. And in that moment, Joseph does this really incredible thing that I think you and I can learn from. In this moment of temptation, Joseph stops and he verbally processes his story so far and what his story is going to sound like to people who may listen to it later. He says, look, I was in my father's house and I was doing well. I was sold into slavery. I ended up at this place as a slave, but I've worked my way up. And now I'm at this position that's not 100% terrible, but now you want me to throw it away and become an adulterer. He paints this whole picture and realizes he has two options right now. He could say no and continue being a just man, or he could say yes and completely ruin his already, you know, not amazing life. But he decides he's not gonna ruin his life and he says no. Well, even though he chose the right decision, Potiphar's wife makes a huge fuss and it lands Joseph in prison. And again, if you think of Joseph's life and of his story as a whole, it's been a pretty crazy ride. And if I was in his shoes, I probably wouldn't have the best attitude in that moment when I was in prison for something I didn't do and in a country that I didn't want to come to and all of this stuff. But again, Joseph decides he's going to make the best of the situation. And he does whatever he needs to do in the prison to gain a really good reputation. He's given some responsibility. And again, things are looking up a little bit, but he's still in prison. (laughs) So even though he made all these good decisions and he decided he was going to have a good attitude about things. Life still wasn't amazing. And so again, I'll skip a few parts of the story because some of you probably know it. Um, But he ends up interpreting dreams and this lands him in front of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh is basically a god according to him. Um, And according to the people he's around. So Pharaoh is the leader of Egypt. He's a huge deal. (laughs) It's a really big deal to get an audience with him. And so Joseph lands himself in front of Pharaoh to interpret Pharaoh's dreams. And God has been with Joseph this entire time throughout this whole story. He's always been with Joseph and he's favored him. And in this moment, he's going to do something wild. So Joseph begins to interpret Pharaoh's dreams and he gets it all right. And he says, Pharaoh... There's going to be some really really good times you're going to have a lot of food there's going to be plenty but after a few years of that there's going to be a famine across this land and it's going to be extremely severe so that's the interpretation of the dream but then joseph takes another step of faith and actually gives pharaoh some advice now if you or i were in front of a king or the prime minister or a president we might not just on our own Give them advice. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like the right place. But he does that. Again, favored by God. And Pharaoh listens to Joseph. And he likes what Joseph has to say so much that he puts Joseph in charge of everything. So now, this is a pretty incredible story. Again, from beginning to this point in the story, it's like, wow, Joseph made some incredible decisions despite the circumstances. And this is where he has landed. But I love that the story doesn't end here. Joseph's life didn't end there. So Joseph is going about his business. He's taking care of um, storing up grain in Egypt. And so they have many years of plenty, and then they hit years of famine. And people from the surrounding regions and surrounding countries come to Egypt to buy grain. And guess who comes to Joseph's doorstep? All of his older brothers. And all of his older brothers don't recognize Joseph at all, but Joseph recognizes them. And again, if you can just imagine this situation where so much injustice has been done to Joseph and he sees the criminals in front of him and he has the the power and authority to say, you know, to do whatever he wants with them pretty much. And I just wonder if someone has done something wrong to me, how would I react if they were in front of me and I could you know, in a just way, make it right. But Joseph, again, empowered by the Holy Spirit and favored by God, he decides he's going to do something crazy and wonderful. He decides he's going to hug his brothers and he's going to forgive them and he's going to take care of them in this famine. Now that is a happy ending if ever I heard one. And what a crazy, crazy, crazy story. So I want to dig down into a couple of specifics about this whole story of Joseph. And I want to talk to you about two stories within this story that we could be like. So there's one kind of group of characters that I want to talk about and their story. And then there's another person that I want to talk about and their story. And one of them is a great example and one of them is a really bad example. So basically what I want to do for you this morning is give you what to do and what not to do. (laughs) So within the story of Joseph, there are two veins of stories, and the first one is one that we do not want to be like, (laughs) and that is a story like the brothers. And I want to read these scriptures, so if you want to go in your Bible, you can open near the beginning in the book of Genesis, chapter 37, and I'm going to read verses three and four. So it says, now Israel, who is Joseph's father, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age and he made an ornate robe for him. When his older brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. And I just wanted to pull out these scriptures. I know I just paraphrased the story, but I wanted to pull out these verses because I think they're really important. The older brothers hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. I think a lot of our bad decisions that we regret can likely be fueled by emotion. And I know for me, (laughs) there's been tons of times when I have let fear get in the way of making a good decision or some other emotion. And I just wanna encourage you that if you have a decision in front of you and there's a lot of emotion to it, either there's like a whole lot of excitement, a whole lot of fear, whatever the case may be, I wanna encourage you to pause and ask yourself if this is a good decision or not. And I want you to think about the long term of your decision. And that's kind of what this whole message is about. It's about what story you want to tell at the end of your life or what story you want your life to tell or or how you want other people to tell your story. And so when we're fueled by emotion, it's really, really hard to see the long-term results of our decisions. So the next time you have a decision that has a lot of emotion involved, I want you to pause and I want you to think, what story do I want to tell? Because Joseph's brothers have a story that's pretty nasty. I wouldn't want a story where I lied and I nearly killed my brother (laughs) and I sold my brother into slavery. And something about this too is all the brothers deceived their father and their father thought that Joseph was dead this whole time. So they harbored this secret and this lie because they hated him. So I want to encourage you next time, you have some strong emotion going on, just take a second and pause and think, what long-term story do I want to tell? What do I want my life to say in this decision if I remove the emotion? Another thing I want to touch on is this guy, Ruben. He's kind of interesting, and I think... There's ways that we maybe want to be like him and we don't want to be like him. But I want to read a few more verses. So Genesis um, 37, 19 to 22. So here the brothers are speaking. Here comes that dreamer, our brother Joseph. They said to each other, come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands let's not take his life, he said, don't shed any blood, throw him into this cistern here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to their father. So Reuben is kind of the odd one out in all of these brothers, and he has a different heart, and he has a different perspective, and I think he may be seeing the long-term effect that this could have on his life. And You know what's interesting is that when we're in a group of people and we have to make a decision, a lot of times there's a Reuben around. Somebody who can see the long-term impact of what's gonna happen and that may, you know, for your life, for my life, that may be one particular friend, it may be a parent or a sibling or something, but usually there's a Reuben around. And I wanna encourage you when you hear that voice, maybe listen up because they'll probably have some good ideas and it may go against what the group is saying, but it may still be something really, really good to hear. Now I want to talk about another story, another story within the story. And this is one we want to be like. This is one we want to live our lives after. And this is a story like Joseph. You probably guessed it already, but a story like Joseph. Because Joseph, despite the circumstances he faced, he ended up telling a story with his life, making decisions with his life in a way that When he got to the end of his life, he'd be super proud to tell anybody his story. And that's what we want to do as well. We want to live our lives in a way that we're excited to tell people our story or that other people see our lives and are inspired by the story of our lives. So I want to read um, Genesis 45 in the message translation. And this is the climax moment of the movie, the story, the book of Joseph and his brothers. And it's a beautiful, beautiful moment. Joseph couldn't hold himself any longer, keeping up a front before all his attendants. He cried out, leave, clear out, everyone get out. So he's in this room with lots of fancy people and royalty and his brothers, but he wants to just have a moment with his brother. So he tells everyone get out. So there was no one with Joseph when he identified himself to his brothers, but his sobbing was so violent that the Egyptians couldn't help but hear him. The news was soon reported to Pharaoh's palace. Joseph spoke to his brothers. I am Joseph, because they couldn't believe it. They couldn't recognize him. So he says, is my father still alive? But his brothers couldn't say a word. They were speechless. They couldn't believe what they were hearing and seeing. Come closer to me, Joseph said to his brothers. So they came closer. I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But don't feel badly. Don't blame yourselves for selling me. God was behind it. I love Joseph's perspective. God sent me here ahead of you to save lives. There has been a famine in the land now for two years. The famine will continue for five more years, neither plowing nor harvesting. God sent me on ahead to pave the way and make sure that there was a remnant in the land to save your lives in an amazing act of deliverance. So you see, it wasn't you who sent me here, but God. Again, what a perspective. This guy, it's just crazy. He set me in a place as a father to Pharaoh. He put me in charge of all his personal affairs and made me ruler of all Egypt. I love this part. So Joseph says, hurry back to my father. Tell him your son Joseph says, I'm a master of Egypt. Come as fast as you can and join me here. I'll give you a place to live in Goshen where you'll be close to me. You, your children, your grandchildren, your flocks, your herds, and anything else you can think of. I'll take care of you there completely. And they lived happily ever after. (laughs) But that's the story, isn't it? Joseph made all these decisions and God was with him every single step of the way, but it resulted in such an incredible story. So I want to ask you today and really consider it, what story do you want to tell? And I kind of like putting it in this perspective, like when you are and I'm speaking to various age groups today, but when you are in a rocking chair and there's grandkids around you, or maybe you don't have kids, but maybe there's kids in your life or there's next generation around you, what kind of story do you want to tell them about your life? Because God wants our lives to be an example to others of his love. And I just think, the way that we're living now, sometimes it's hard to see, but the decisions we make now and the way we live now is gonna impact our entire story. Do we wanna be known as someone who has a story of optimism? Or someone who has a story of negativity? Or someone who has a story of always being discontented? Or someone who has a story of complete peace? Someone who has a story of love? And forgiveness in any situation the decisions you make matter so much so so much but the good news is that Jesus is the best storyteller there is he's the best author and he is here to partner with us and I don't know where you may be at today maybe you're at a point where you're like you know what my story is messed up or maybe you're like my story has been off the rails for a while and I just don't know how to get it back on track or maybe your story is actually pretty good but you'd love to kick it up a notch and make it something even more amazing. The wonderful thing is that God is partnering with us in all of that. And today's question is called the legacy question because we leave behind a legacy. I'm I feel very blessed because I'm part of an incredible family and My parents are, I think, third or fourth generation Christians in my family. So I have a huge history of people believing in Jesus in different ways, different denominations, different church lives. But I have a really huge history of people believing in Jesus, and I feel super, super blessed about that. But my grandmother on my mom's side, I call her Oma. That's the Dutch word for grandmother. Um, She lost her husband way way too early in a car accident and she put I actually recently discovered this but she put on the gravestone of my grandfather my opa she put the words great is thy faithfulness and when I learned that I was like oh my goodness like my oma could have decided that it was too much for her she lost her husband, actually at the same time, she lost a daughter in the same accident. She could have decided, you know what, that's just, I can't handle this. this, I can't do this, I can't still be a mom without my husband and I just lost my daughter. It could have been absolutely devastating and I'm sure she grieved it for every day for the rest of her life. But yet she still chose to say, great is God's faithfulness on the gravestone of my grandfather. And I guess I just want to share that story with you because the way we finish our story really matters. But the way we live our entire story matters. And especially, I think, especially when circumstances slap us in the face and we call ourselves Christians, I think people are really watching us wondering how we're going to handle it. And if we will be people who decide that we're going to tell a story of God's goodness and trusting in God regardless of what we face, I think there's going to be some really beautiful things that come out of it. And today, if you've kind of been listening to this talk and you have never made a decision to invite Jesus into your life, I just want to give you an opportunity today to pray a prayer with me and invite him into your life. This series is all about making better decisions and making good decisions for our life. But inviting Jesus into your life Is the absolute best decision you could ever, ever make. And He is so wonderful. He loves you so much. And all He wants is to be part of your story and to help live your story with you. So if that's you and and you want to invite Jesus into your life, I just encourage you to pray these words after me Dear Jesus, I know you're the greatest storyteller of all time. You died on a cross and you rose again to redeem my sinful story. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me and saving me. Today, Jesus, take the lead role in my life story. I commit my life to you, amen. And if you prayed that prayer, congratulations on making the best decision you could ever make. And you know, one of the best things about stories is telling them. So, if you did make that decision, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, I encourage you to tell that good news to somebody you know, or you can text us or comment even on this live stream chat. We would just love to know and celebrate with you that your story. Um, is taking a shift, that Jesus has entered the picture, he's entered the scene, and you're never gonna be the same again, and Jesus is gonna take you on an incredible adventure. You won't regret it, I promise you, and it's gonna be amazing. Well, Harvest, um, I'm gonna pray for us in a second, but I just wanna encourage you, you have an incredible story to tell. Again, regardless of where you're at, today is a new day, and you know what's cool, is tomorrow, you can tell part of your story, that you spent July 4th, 9.15 in the morning on a Sunday, gathered with God's people, worshiping Jesus and learning about him. And this is part of your story. And I honestly think that's a pretty good decision. So well done, you're well on your way already. But I just believe each one of you individually and us as a church, we have an incredible story to tell. And I'm really excited to see it happen. But let me just pray for you as you head into your week and um, as we step into our stories. Jesus, you are incredible. Thank you for being the best storyteller, the best author of all time. And God, I just pray that you'd help us to see the long-term of our decisions that we make. And God, that we would understand that it has an impact, God, on the people around us, on our families, and on the atmosphere around us. And God, I pray that you'd help us to slow down and to pause when we have a decision to make and to realize the story that's behind it and the story that comes after it. And God, I thank you for the incredible stories that are ahead of us, God. I thank you for the miracles that we're going to hear about, God. I thank you for breakthrough that we're going to hear about, God. And I just pray for anyone right now, God, who just needs some more of your peace, God, who just needs... Um, some strength to persevere through some stuff, God, and to make good decisions despite the situation that is facing them. God, I just thank you that you are the God of strength. God, you are unstoppable. God, and so I just pray that you would infuse your people with your love and with your strength right now in Jesus' name. God, we just thank you so much for who you are, and we commit our lives, our days, our minutes to you, and to you getting glory from all of our stories. We love you, Jesus. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Harvest, thank you so much for being with us today. We love you. I can't wait to see you in person at some upcoming opportunities. Have an amazing week.
1: Hey Harvest, I am so excited about our announcement today, talking about all things up and coming. Harvest, we're in the summer of expansion. You know, it was interesting just a few weeks ago, I'm sure you heard the announcement, that our mayor, uh, Mayor Bernadette, has been expanded from being mayor of our city to going to the Senate of Canada. You know, God does these things as confirmations that his word is true, he's speaking to us, we're hearing him, and we're getting ready for expansion. Well, many people are wondering, when are we gonna expand from our living rooms into the building? So right now, we are allowed to meet at 25% capacity, and that's changing as the days and the months go ahead. And so we have a plan moving forward, kind of targeting September, uh, September the 12th as our grand opening Sunday morning, two services, 9:15 and 11 uh, with whatever capacity we're allowed to be in the room. Dot, dot, dot. Some of you are saying, you mean we're not meeting until then? Yes, we are. I'm glad you asked that question. I am so proud. I mean beyond words, proud of our team and the production capability that we've achieved over this last year. I want to give a special shout out to Karen Brink, who just sensed God bring her back to Cornwall in the nick of time. I mean, literally, you've heard the story. The day she arrived on staff here at Harvest was the day last year, Well, no, 16 months ago, that they said, you've got to do meetings some other way. People aren't allowed to come in. We had the shutdown. And she began to put all of her training from Hillsong uh, into play. And of course, the team and, and Ryan, all things technical, I am so proud of the quality of the stream that we have. In fact, we've talked about it in terms of our expansion and that we're going to continue doing online services, uh, even though we'll be live in the room in the future, we'll have online services for those who weren't ready and aren't ready to make a first step into the building, but they would watch us as a precursor to coming into the room. So we really believe this is a strategy that God has given us. Well. We've been able to do it. We've been able to do online services. And now we're gonna take the next step and incorporate in-room gathering with our live stream. And here's how it's gonna work. Starting July the 15th, that's a Thursday night. That's when the worship team comes to record for that Sunday's worship time. We're inviting everyone who can register online. We'll fill the room to the capacity we're allowed. And we're gonna to worship together. We're gonna to worship loud. man, think about it to have live worship that we can put as part of the stream on Sunday. And so the Thursday nights leading up to September the 12th, our grand opening, two services, nine fifteen and 11. I am so excited. Come on, this is going to be amazing as we expand and get ready and have all of our ministries in place. Did I say all our ministries in place? Yes, Dream Team, we need to expand. Many of you have already responded to our Dream Team questionnaire and you've signed up for all the things that are up and coming. I would love to be able to start on September the 12th, our grand opening with all of our ministries in place. And we're we're shooting for that, we'd like to do that. If you're a part of the Dream Team, we'd like to also break out after about, you know, about 35 minutes of worship and we'll turn the cameras off, we'll pray together, we'll do some things together, but then break up into groups as the Dream Team and begin getting ready for our our September launch. So have some time of worship, prayer, we'll pray over our ministries and then break up for a little bit of training. Won't be a long evening, but it's going to be a really efficient evening. I just think, thanks, Mia Nogler, what a great idea as we get ready to step into our expansion moving forward for September. I just want to say it again, Thursday nights, it'll be a live worship time. We're inviting you. You've got to register, get online. Those registrations are going to be there. If they're not there right now, they're going to be there very shortly for you to register for our first on July the 15th, our first corporate worship and prayer time here at Harvest. Harvest, thank you so much for being so patient during these difficult days and difficult time. You've been so faithful with your giving. Thank you so, so very much. We've been able to do everything that we need to do day by day and week after week and month after month during these during this time because you've been faithful with giving. I do wanna remind you about our expansion offering. We're beginning right now to begin spending some of those monies that are coming in to get us ready for our fall season. Hey, listen, let's get a part of this all together. I can't wait to see you in the room worshiping and the Thursday nights leading up to our grand opening. God bless you. Have an amazing week.